Hallelujah. Let me get up on the boat. Okay. Booyah. All right. What's cracking, everybody? All right. Okay. I right, sound man, I just want you to know to be ready. You're going to have to adjust the brother, okay? Because I get loud immediately. That's just how I roll. I'm going to say it one more time because y'all seem a little y'all seem a little sleepy like it ain't first night of camp. I'm ready. Are y'all ready? What's cracking, everybody? Let's go. All right. Here's what I need you to do as we get ready to get into the book of Daniel. I need to look at the person next to you. Look at the person next to you real quick. Just look at them. And we're just going to let it get nice and awkward. Amen. Like, yeah, it's weird. It's very strange. It's not a shoot your shot moment, okay? Okay? No, it is not. No, it is not. But here's what I want you to say to the person next to you. I want you to say this. It's about to go down. <laughs> now look at the person on the other side and let them know it's about to go down. Oh, it's about to go down in the mighty name of Jesus. For those of you that don't know me, I am Damien. Um, and I get the privilege of sharing God's word with you all week. So you're stuck with a brother, okay? So we're going to get into this and we're going to have a good time in the Lord. Um, I have been a youth pastor, a children's pastor, a young adults pastor, a everybody pastor. I've served all over the church in so many different capacities. Um, and it's an honor and a privilege to serve you all this week. Uh, my wife is here. I've been married for 18 years, y'all. Yeah. She still like me. She still like me. Yes, I've been married for 18 years. I have four kids. They are here as well. Um, and we are excited and ready to get into God's word with you. Okay, really quickly, one thing that I like to do, and I want to start this off on the first night, okay? I like to try to create something I call a safe space, okay? I like to create something I call a safe space, okay? Can you do that with me on three? One, two, three. Safe space. Ooh, that's good. Y'all are ready. Let's do it one more time. One, two, three. Safe space. Oh, y'all are ready. I'm going to do it over here. Let's do it again. One more time. One, two, three. Okay, so I like to try to create a safe space. And you'll hear me, you'll hear me reference a safe space throughout our time together. And one way I like to create a safe space is um, I, I get real crazy and I get a little silly, okay? And I know some of y'all are just not there, and that's fine, okay? Some of you are like, mm-mm, I am very mature for my age. I get it. I know you are. You, I sensed it when I walked in the room. You are very mature for your age. But I just want to create a safe space where we could just be weird together, amen? Is that cool? Okay, where we could just act a little silly together, but also a safe space where we can be real. I want to create a safe space where we can be real, where we can come to God just how we are and know that he will meet us right where we are. So here's how I do that. I am a five-seat worshiper, y'all, okay? Five-seat worshiper. 
We're going to see it in the morning. We're going to worship together. It's going to be awesome. We, I am a five-seat worshiper. Some of y'all are like, what in the world does that mean? What does a five-seat worshiper mean? A five-seat worshiper simply means this. I need five seats to the right to be clear. And I need five seats to the left to be clear. Why? Because I get my worship on. I love the Lord. I'll be like, here with it. I'll be like, oh, you saw the little dun 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 I be getting my groove on to Jesus just like that. I love to give God praise. Amen? Oh, y'all hollering back. This is going to be fun. I love to give God praise. Amen? So I love giving him praise. I love acting silly for the Lord, but I also love just standing and giving him all the glory and all the honor. And here's what I know. A room this size, some of us are not comfortable with lifting our hands. Some of us are not comfortable with worshiping in in expressive ways, and that's okay. That is completely fine. All worship is welcome here. If you were hands up here, worshiper, hallelujah. If you hold the TV and you worship down here, hallelujah. If you a worshiper that look like you want to fight somebody, (laughs) hallelujah. Some of y'all be looking like that. Don't be playing. Some of y'all like, I will move nothing. Sing your songs, right? Some of y'all are like, hey, it's all good. I'm going to give you a praise phrase that I just love to do with students. Can we, can we do that? Okay, okay, so check it out, check it out. And then we're going to get into the word. It's going to be awesome. Okay, so you guys got to pay, clo- pay attention. Okay, so here's what I need you to do. We're going to take two words and we're going to combine them and create the praise phrase. The first word, you've heard it. You've heard it. You know about it. The first word is hallelujah. Okay? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So on three, I need you to say hallelujah. One, two, three. Hallelujah. All right. All right. We're going to try that again on three. Hallelujah. Say it like you are just giving God some praise because he's worthy. One, two, three. Oh, yeah. So that's hallelujah. And what hallelujah means in the Bible is it's the highest praise. It's the highest praise that you and I can give God. When we say hallelujah, we are saying, God, we love you. We worship you. Hallelujah. Receive all the praise. That's hallelujah. Let me hear you say hallelujah on three. One, two, three. Okay, now the next part. This is going to be a little weird, okay? It's going Because you've heard this word before, but you've never, like, said it the way I'm going to have you say it, okay? So just, just trust me. Safe space. Here we go. The word is this. No, the word is this. That's very good. You're ready. Whoever you are, chest bump. You're ready. Okay. The word is glory. Ooh, look at your faces, glory. The word is glory. Okay, glory. Okay, so here's, I want you to say glory. And I want you to kind of make some, put a little bass in your voice when you say it. I know some of y'all's voices right now are like, glory. That's okay. That's okay. We pray for that too. Okay? But I want you to get the bass down here. Glory. Okay? Glory on three. Glory on three. One, two, three. Glory. Ooh. All right, glory on three. One, two, three. Yeah, baby. Glory. Now, glory. Glory is what we want God to get out of our lives. 
Glory is when someone looks at me, I want them to see the love of Jesus. When someone looks at me, I want them to know and see a God that is their hope, that can be their peace, that can be their healer. That's glory. God, I give you, I say hallelujah, and I give you praise with my lips, and I say glory so that you can get the glory out of my life. All right, hallelujah on three. One, two, three. Okay, glory on three. One, two, three. All right, now we're going to take hallelujah. And then you take glory. And you smack it together. And you get... Oh, somebody said it. Hallelujah, glory. Yeah, baby. You get hallelujah, glory. Hallelujah, glory. Hallelujah and glory. You get hallelujah, glory. So here's what we got now. We got common ground. You come in here, walk around. If you see me, I see you. You don't even have to remember my name. Just be like, mm, hallelujah, glory. And I'm going to be like, hallelujah, glory. You see me out on the basketball courts, you just yell, hallelujah, glory. I'm going to be like, mm, 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 mm. hallelujah, glory. Right? That's hallelujah, glory. And it's a praise phrase. And what it is, it's just a fun way for us to enter into a space together. And now here's the test. The biggest test is this. Can you, this huge room, pay attention to these details? Okay, so watch this. This side, you have the hardest job because you go first. Okay? Here's what you do. When I point to you, you are side Halle. So when I point to you, you say Halle. Okay? All right? All right? I know some of y'all are like, hmm, what he say? No, no, no. When I point to you, you say holla. So every time I point, now I may point quick, I may, I may slow the point down, I may go like this, I may go like this, this, this. You got to be ready with the hollas. Okay? Y'all ready? Okay? Shh. Here we go. Ooh. Okay, okay. Now I'm going to test you. Okay, now we're going to get really crazy. All right, here we go. A. A. Woo! All right. I see you. Okay. Okay. Halle. Okay, Halle. Pause. I'm going to be right back. This side. You know what it is. Y'all are glory. Okay, glory. Okay, so here's what that means. That means simply this. When I point to you, you say what? Glory. All right, y'all ready. Let's see, let's see, let's see. <laughs> Somebody's really ready. They're like, glory, I don't, I didn't see anything, but I'm ready. Okay, here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. Glory. Oh, oh, oh. Kind of startled me a little bit. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. All right, here we go, here we go. Glory. Hey. Okay, all right, now we're ready. All right, DJ Damien Easter on the ones and the twos, here we go. So when I point over here, this is Cy Halle. When I point over here, this is Cy Glory. Here we go. Thank <laughs> you. 
yourselves for the holy glory. There will be a test later, amen? There will be a test later. That's holy glory, family. And I might say holy glory. You might say holy glory. If, if something hits you in your spirit and you like, ooh, amen, give me an amen, a hallelujah, or a holy glory. Now, y'all ready to get into the word of God? I say, are you ready to get into the word of God? Holy glory. Okay, bow your heads, close your eyes. We're about to jam into God's word. I want to pray for us. God. Thank you for tonight. Thank you that every single person in this room, in this space, is here on purpose, for purpose. And we thank you that it's fun to be your child. We thank you that there is fullness of joy in your presence. And Lord, will tonight... Be the beginning of something special in every heart. Lord, may we, may we encounter you. May we experience your love. May we know you more every time we leave our time together. Have your way, we pray. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name we pray. Let me hear you say amen. Amen, amen. All right, if you have your Bibles, I need you to turn to Daniel chapter 3, y'all. Daniel chapter 3. Holy glory. Holy glory. See, y'all are ready. I love that. I love that. Holy glory. All right, Daniel chapter 3, and I am looking forward to seeing how this film marooned, how this thing unfolds throughout the week. Because like Kyle was saying, it is exactly parallel to Daniel and his friends Shadmach, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We have the opportunity to look at their story and I want, I, this is going to be our theme verse for the week. It's found also in your booklets, if you all have a booklet. And I want to just read this, because this section of scripture is absolutely bananas to me. Oop, my bad. This section of scripture is very amazing and crazy to me. All right. Daniel chapter 3, starting at verse 14, it says this. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I have set up? Now, if you are ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, the pipe, the lyre, the trigon, the harp, the bagpipe, and every kind of music to fall down and worship the image that I have made well and good. But if you do not worship, you shall immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. And if you take notes, highlight, circle, or anything like that, I want you to circle, highlight, and underline this next sentence because this is what King Nebuchadnezzar says after he threatens to throw them in the fiery furnace. He says this, and who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? Mm. 
Mm, who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? Now Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's response, check this out. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. I love this because this is boldness. You see boldness from Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We see them being bold. The king is telling them, I heard that you don't worship my gods. I heard that you don't do what we do in this culture. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you a chance, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, because I kind of like you. When you hear music play, you need to bow down and you need to worship the image that I have created. When you hear music play, you need to humble yourself, not before your God, but before me, because I am the king. And back in those days, kings thought that they were gods. You see, Nebuchadnezzar built this huge statue to himself, 90 feet tall. I'm six feet tall. So like 84 more feet. Huge statue, huge image, and he set it in gold, and everybody that heard music, wherever they were, when it was time to bow down and worship, they had to bow down and worship. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, mm-mm, not today. We ain't doing it. It ain't what we are going to do. And I love it. I love it because you see the stand that they take. And this is going to be the journey, very similar to the young lady that was trapped in the, in the thing, and she was radioing out to her people, and she's just like, look, if you can help, help, but if you don't, I know that you're still good, and you can, you can if you want to. Very similar is the situation with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They will not bow down, and that's the journey we're going to be on this week. That's the journey you and I are going to be on this week. And who is this God who will deliver you out of my hands? You see, King Nebuchadnezzar didn't know the God that would deliver Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew who their God was. And because they knew who their God was, they were able to take a stand even when death looked like it was imminent. This is the journey that we're going on this week. This is who we're looking at this week. But here's the thing. I'm not saying, hey, everybody, go and be like Daniel. What we're going to do is we are going to break down and look at what are the things that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel, what did they have that caused them to make a stand like this in their life? Some of you may be thinking, oh, well, um, you know, they were probably a little older. When you're old and mature, you don't care what people think about you. Can I just tell you that is a lie? When you're old and mature, <laughs> you still care what people think about you. 
When you're old and mature, when you get a little bit older, you still are very concerned with how people see you, what people think about you. Am I good enough? Can I still do this? Do I look young enough to be a youth pastor? What do I, like, we care. We think about these things. So you're not alone. Here's the age that is said of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When they started their time in Babylon, they were thought to have been 17 years old at the oldest. I know, right? Some of y'all in here are 17. They were 17 or younger. Some of y'all in here are 17 or younger. See, this is, see, here's the thing. There is no junior Holy Spirit. God doesn't show up in a big way for me. God doesn't show up in a big way for your youth pastors or your youth leaders and say, I won't show up for you in a big way until you're old enough. No, he says, I am God. I will show up for you right where you are. But do you know him like that? See, King Nebuchadnezzar didn't know. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew. And because they knew, it caused them to stand up in the face of death. So how did they get this way? How did they get this way? How did they get this way? You have to go back. Because they just didn't pop up and be like, all right, I'm, I'm going, we're not going to bow down. That's not what happened. What happened is in Daniel chapter 1. Jump to Daniel chapter 1 where you guys are. Daniel chapter 1. Now, I told you all I have four kiddos. And um, one of those kids, when they were younger, I will not name their name, but they touched everything. They touched everything. And, and maybe some of you all are this kid. And your parents have told you, don't touch that. Just leave it alone. How many of y'all went and touched it? Okay, yeah, some of y'all are proud of that. Like, yes, I did. I'll do it again, too. I understand. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. So, so here's the thing. So, so as a parent, you tell them, hey, don't touch that. Don't touch that. And they go back and they're kind of looking at it. And they walk by it again. And I'm looking at him, and I'm like, son, don't touch that. He's like, okay. And he even goes like that, and I'm, son, don't touch that. He's like, mm, okay. Mm. Right? <laughs> it's like they figure out creative ways to touch what you just told them not to touch. He's like, hey, daddy, hey, give me a hug. <laughs> right? It's like, son, don't touch that. I told you not to touch it. And they figure out ways to keep trying to touch it. And probably I don't want you to touch it because it's for your own good. But you don't learn that until you touch it. And then you have to experience the consequence of touching it. Unfortunately, sometimes it was the stove. <laughs> touching it, touching it, 
And it's like parents, we're like, don't touch it, don't touch it, don't touch it. And they just want to touch it. And it's like, ah, I told you not to touch it. Hey, this is what's happening to God's people at the book of Daniel. In the book of Daniel, God tells his people over and over again, do not be like the culture you're in. I built you differently. I made you differently. You are not supposed to fit into this place because this place is not your home. I made you differently. And so God's people, he, you, they're like, all right, God, you made us differently. And God's people, he's like, don't touch the idols in the land. Don't do the things that they do. Don't become like those that are around you. Don't do it. But every time they kept touching, they kept touching, they kept touching. And God said, if you keep touching, there's going to be some consequences. And that consequence is going to be 77 years of captivity to King Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonian Empire. What did they keep doing? They kept touching. They kept touching and touching and touching until God allows King Nebuchadnezzar to come in and take God's people captive. And this is where we pick up in Daniel chapter 1, verse 1. It says this, in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hands, along with some of the articles from the temples of God. These he carried off to the temple of his God in Babylonia and put in the treasure house of his God. Then the king ordered Aspenaf, chief of his court officials, to bring into the king's service some of the Israelites from the royal family and nobility. So what the king did is the king came in, he conquered, King Nebuchadnezzar, came in, conquered, and took everybody captive. And he went to all the royal houses. And he said, I need you guys to pick the best young men and young women. I need you to pick the best of them, the best of the best, the smartest, the most athletic, good-looking, whatever. I need you to pick them and bring them to my courts because here's what I'm going to do to them. I am going to strip them of their culture. I am going to strip them of their belief system. And what I am going to do is I am going to pour into them our culture, our belief system, so they will no longer act like their God. God, but they will act like our gods. They will act like how I want them to act. This is what King Nebuchadnezzar was doing. And that's how Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego got captured. That's what was happening. And here's the thing, family. This is directly relational to you and I. To you and I. Because we live in the world and we're going to be tackling this all week. We live in this world where it's more and more hostile to our belief system as Christians. To what we believe in, to what our God says. Uh, uh, the, the, this, this has become a suggestion, this word. like It's just a bunch of good ideas instead of the word from God that we receive and we build our life on. 
See, that's what the world wants to do to us. That's what culture wants to do to us. And that's what we're going to be looking at and, dis- and, look and seeing as Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were able to stand strong, resilient in the face of a culture that was hostile towards them. How did they begin to do that? If you take notes, write this down. They believed in the sovereignty of God. The sovereignty of God. Now here's now that's a now now look now, that's a that's a big fancy theological term, a big fancy theological word, and I nerd out on stuff like that. So I'm a nerd out a little bit. This is what sovereignty means. Sovereignty, God is sovereign. It simply means this: God is preeminent in power and authority. God is preeminent in power and authority. His sovereignty is a natural consequence of his omniness. Okay, so in the video, who is the people with the trash all over themselves? Who is their God? The tide, the tide, the tide, the tide. They thought the tide was sovereign that the tide will provide all of their needs. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew that God was actually sovereign, that God would provide all of their needs, that God is super omni. Say omni real quick. Say omni. Omni. Say omni. Omni. Okay, super omni. Now I'm going to get deep for just two seconds, and then we'll come up for air. Amen. Super omni. God is super omni. What does that mean? He's omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent. He's omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent. Omniscient means he is all-knowing. He knows everything. So what does that mean, family? When we believe in a God who is sovereign and he knows everything, he knows everything about you, my guy. He knows how he created you. He knows how he wired you. He knows the struggles that you came up to camp with. He knows that some of y'all was made to come to camp by your parents. Mm Mm-hmm. The Lord knows. The Lord knows that some of y'all have already determined in your minds, you're like, I'm sitting in the back. The Lord ain't going to touch me today. You're going to regret the day you made me come to camp. Mm, I know. Some of you don't want to be here, and that's okay. Because our God is sovereign. And it means he knew you needed to be here this week because he wanted to meet you in a way that you need to be met. Not by a friend, not by a game, not by a fun saying, but by a real, true, living God. Oh, he's all-knowing. He's all-knowing. He's super omni, omniscient, omniscient. He's super omni, omniscient. That means he's all-knowing. He knows everything. He's omnipotent, all-powerful, 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 all-powerful. They thought the waves, they think the tithe is all-powerful. But our God, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knows that God is the one who is all-powerful. He's sovereign. And because he's sovereign, he's super omni, he's omniscient, he's omnipotent, he's omnipresent, means he's everywhere. 
oh, I want to just tell somebody that you've been journeying for a little while in your faith and you can be in a room full of people and you feel as if you are by yourself. Oh, I'm here this week. Your leaders are here this week. Your youth pastors are here this week. The incredible cast of Hume Lake SoCal is here this week to introduce you to a God who is omnipresent. A God who is here. A God who is with you. A God who is for you. A God who sees you, knows you, loves you, and meets you right where you are. Hey, hallelujah. I'm sorry. Hey, so, okay. Y'all got to, so here's the thing. I get, oop, don't step there. Here's the thing. I get a little aggressive when it comes to kicking devil butt. I got to keep it real. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. The enemy wants to think, wants us to think that we are defeated. The enemy wants us to think that our God is not big. The enemy wants, to think, wants you and I to think that the issues you came up here with are bigger than the God you came up here with. And so I get, I get, I, I get excited when, when we get to get together in atmospheres like this and we get to grow in our faith and we get to discover that our God is in fact huge. Our God is in fact big. And if we can get to know him enough, no matter what the culture does, no matter what the culture says, we can stand up like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and say, hey, Whatever you want to do, bring it, because my God is with me. My God is for me. And even if he doesn't save me, I still ain't bowing down. Ooh. Oh, I, see, I'm skinny, but ooh, I'm buffing the spirit, amen? I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. We kicking devil butt. We are kicking devil butt. So our God is sovereign. He's super omni. He's super omni. That's where this begins. No matter what your circumstances and situation tells you, you have to understand. You and I, we have to come to a point where we say, our God has got us. So let me give you a few things. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to grab whatever um, phrase for God's sovereignty sticks to you. Whatever you, I'm, I'm, I'm going to just read off a list. Whatever, whatever pops out, I want you to just, ooh, I got to hold on to that. So God is sovereign. That means he's super omni, omnipresent, omniscient, um, omni, uh, uh, omnipresent, omniscient, omnipotent, all-knowing, all-powerful, everywhere, all at once. He's also, God is sovereign. It means he is the boss. It means God is in control. It means he calls the shots and has the authority. He is without equal. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Without limitation in any way, he is outside of time. He is infinite. He had no beginning and he has no end. He is the ruler of everything. That's our God. That's our God. That's the sovereign God that rode up here on the mountain with you. That's the sovereign God that is with you right now. The first thing they knew is that they, were, that, is that they believed in a God who was sovereign. Second thing, and I'll end with this, they knew that their current place was not their home. They knew that their current place was not their home. They were exiles. 
An exile is someone who is forced to live in a foreign land. Someone who is forced to live in a place that is not originally their home. And, and can I tell you, family, you and I, you and I as believers, we are exiles as well. We live in a culture that is not our own. Our home is, is in the presence of the Lord. Our home was in the garden, and we lost it in the garden. We're going to get to that in a little bit later on in the week. But my goodness, I need you to understand, family, that this place is not your home. But it's very comfortable. Keep it real. I love shoes. I, I do with all my heart. I do, I do, I do, I do. I love shoes. I love Jordans. I love them, y'all. I love them. And I get shoes on this side of eternity. I don't know what they look like in heaven. I pray. I'm like, Lord, let me just have nice Jordans in heaven, please, Lord. Or at least let me fly in them. Let me fly in some Jordans, Jesus. Like, like, like I, lo I love the thing. I love so many things about this side of eternity. I love, so I love the relationships I have. I love my wife. I love my kids. I love my friends. I love my family. I love my clothes. I love my Xbox. Come on. I love... I love all of these things on this side of eternity, but family, what you and I have to know and understand is this place is not our home. Oh, but it will do everything to make you feel comfortable. It'll tell you, just, just do it a little bit. If you don't do it, they're not going to like you. If you don't do it, you won't be a part of that friend group. If you don't send it, they're going to say stuff about you. Uh-oh, you sent it. They're saying stuff about you. All oh, the world has a way of tricking us into being comfortable here. But I just want you to know that we serve a God who is sovereign. That means he is the boss. He is the only being that can look at you and I and say, I can work all things for the good. That does not mean that our life as believers is going to be just skittles and it's all skipping and yay, I'm a Christian and everything is great. Yay, I'm a believer and I don't go through a thing. What? I wish that was the case. I wish I could sit up here and tell y'all, hey, accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you will go through nothing anymore. Ha, 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 ha. But the very person that we have to receive as Lord and Savior died on a cross. So we're going on a journey this week. We're going on a journey this week. A journey where we're going to get to know not just how Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did it but we're going to get to know the God that they did it for. Hey, that's, that's the journey we're on. A God who says I'm sovereign, that means I know every detail about you and I still love you. A God that says I'm all powerful, that means I don't know what the hurt is that you're carrying. I don't know why it happened. 
But God says I'm all powerful and I can take that hard thing and I can work it for good. And then he says I'm with you. That means when you do take a stand, you never take a stand alone. But understand, when you and I are captives or exiles, when we are living in a land that is not our own, we are going to have to make some decisions that might upset the culture. But can I tell you, family, that when you and I make decisions that upset the culture, we are backed by all of heaven. Amen? This is the journey that we're on. Bow your heads, close your eyes. I just want to pray for us. God, thank you that we can look at the scriptures and we can look at a king that didn't know you and then tries to enforce his will. And in looking at that king, we can look at teenagers. Hey, and as I stand in front of a room of teenagers, I thank you, God. Ooh, teenagers that are about to go back to their school campuses. Teenagers that are about to go back online. Teenagers that are going back to some things. Hey, God, I thank you that we can look at your word and we can see that there are teenagers that took a stand for you. And you didn't leave them. You didn't forsake them. But you met them right where their faith was. So, Lord, I pray that. I pray that over our camp experience. I pray that in the mighty name of Jesus, that we would encounter our God who is sovereign and super omni, that we can trust and know that the home you have for us is better than the one we experience here. We love you. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.